Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Michael Lunsford, and this is another great episode of GGR Pirate Radio. We often start with a cold open, where we just kind of shoot the breeze until we get started on our main topic. Uh, this last episode we did, we did the same thing, um, except what we ended up doing was we had enough great content for it to be its own individual episode. So here is myself, Steve Monick, Ulysses E. Campbell, and MC Brooks talking about Captain Marvel. Everybody knows me now. There were a lot of people who were like, what, Michael Keaton as Batman? He doesn't look anything like, he's he's not right for the role. I mean, physically, he's just, you know, and he's a comedian and all that. And um, I had to, I had to share this with some women who, uh, you know, because when Gal Gadot was announced uh, as, as doing Wonder Woman, um, there were a couple of young women who uh, asserted that, this was, you know, again, they were talking specifically about um, Affleck. And, um, you know, they were saying, well, nobody is saying that, you know, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't look the part. You know, it's all about his acting, and they've singled out Gal Gadot because of her appearance. And I said, look, if somebody's appearance isn't right, <laughs> that's what they're going to. And I told them, I, I told them about Nick, uh, about um, uh, Keaton. Keaton, you know? And I said, I know you, you, you were you know, either not born or, you know, whatever back in 1989. I said, but this was what the, the, the discussion was. And it had nothing to do with, you know, him, uh, you know, anything, any sexism, you know, any area of sexism. It was just, it just so happens that uh, more often than not, people look at this. And, I, you know, I tell you what, I, I was one of the people who asked about both of those. I mean, because I, I didn't see uh, Keaton as Batman. But then when I saw how they, you know, set him up, I mean, you know, because he couldn't have put some tights on. But that suit, my God, the muscles, anybody could be Batman. You put him in, like, the freaking bat body armor suit. And by the same token, um, when, uh, because when she wasn't in the costume, and I thought about this, particularly when I saw Justice League, there was the scene by the lake and uh, when she met with um, Victor Stone, uh, you know, privately. But, you know, you took her out of the costume, she did look kind of skinny. I was like, damn, wait a minute. I thought they had you working with a trainer or whatever. It's like, you don't really look like Wonder Woman to be here, so. Um, but I, on the one hand, Steve, I, I, I mean, I understand what you mean. And it's something that I've heard, uh, you know, as people sort of wax nostalgic to this day that I don't know ever actually existed. Um, you know, I, um, I think that uh, to a degree, um, we had not arrived at a place where uh, you could be but so critical about something. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I was sort of sad about, I mean, it was kind of what I was most sad about, and I had mentioned this in the review, you know, is that now that uh, geek culture has sort of gone mainstream, uh, we have uh, seemingly adopted the worst traits of 
that same culture that had tormented us. And, um, you know, I now, as it happens, I mean, I don't know if you guys have actually seen the movie or not. Uh, I, these guys who wanted to troll on the movie, what they should have done, they should have waited until the movie came out, seen it, and then, because, I mean, it's okay. It's not great. Yeah. And, you know, you could have been genuinely critical of it, you know, if you had, <laughs> like, waited to see it. I mean, as opposed to, I mean, and quite frankly, it's got me sort of nervous about future offerings. I mean, particularly, you know, because th this, this movie was sort of billed as, oh, you know, it's, it's for women, you know, the same way that Black Panther was for, like, black people, you know? And if, if they do something like this with the uh, Shang-Chi movie that they want to do, I, it's going to be a disaster. I mean, and I'm not confident at all. Now, I happen to think that some of the reasons why with this are understandable. I mean, mainly because um, she had to be like this deus ex machina for the uh, Avengers Endgame. But I tell you what else, too. And now that Avengers Endgame is getting ready to come out, I can say it's it, it's gonna, it's not going to be a good movie. I mean, I have never seen a... Anytime there's been any sort of cliffhanger, when you come back, you always get let down. It happened with Return of the Jedi. It happened with uh, that Star Trek Best of Both Worlds Part 2, you know, after Picard had been assimilated by the board. I've never seen anybody be happy with the second part of a two-part episode like that when you break it up i mean because whatever the producers do at the conclusion of that first part sets you up for something that is basically unresolvable and the only way it gets resolved is unsatisfying for everybody so i mean you heard it here first <laughs> nobody is going to be happy with this avengers endgame thing <laughs> well i think it's it's we've talked about it a couple times too where it goes back to fans have theories and ideas and what they think and what they think should be brought in from the comics and what should be left you know in the comics and not brought on the film and, and everyone has their own idea and then when the film comes out it's impossible to look at it like objectively because you already have this subjective lens you've put in front of your face of your own theories or what you think would be cool or whatever. I mean, even just with the title reveal when they did the first trailer and then it was Endgame and people were like freaking out. They're like, they said, they didn't say, they said it was not going to be Endgame, but it's Endgame. And I thought it was going to be Annihilation and I hate this. And you're like, <laughs> it's a title. It has nothing to do with the, like the freaking movie yet or anything. And that's just what it comes down to. And like, you're talking about these two-parters with the, the letdown. And I think that's really what the the attributes to it more than anything it's it's so hard to have an like the only way to really have an objective when there's so much hype and build up for it and i'm thinking even like the prequels for star wars and stuff oh, yeah, it's like for sure you basically have to wait for the next generation where all of the hype and all of the nonsense and everything has like it's gone it, it's it's archived in the internet somewhere and that's all the only place it exists anymore and then you have like, so like when my son Jack watches like the sequel trilogy and like the last Jedi stuff is 10 years removed or whatever, and he watches it, then you'll be able to get a true picture of like, hey, was this good or not? Because then he's going to be completely unbiased from it other than like, dad likes Star Wars. Do you like it? That's it, you know, and, and, and then he'll get a true picture. But like for us, where we're deep in the heart of it, you know, 
how am I supposed to watch Captain Marvel right now as a straight white man without everyone assuming I have some kind of agenda and telling me what I'm supposed to think about it before I even set foot into it? How can I not bring some of that in, whether I want to or not? You know, how can I wonder wonder what nine episode nine's gonna be like when everyone's like half the people are saying Jedi was the worst thing that's ever happened and Jedi was amazing. You know, what am I supposed to think? I'm I can understand that because there's also like kind of pull the curtain back for just a second here too part of doing what we do at you know doing the podcast and doing the articles and and trying to appeal to an audience is you want to you want people to like you you want people to be happy with the things that you say and there was a certain amount of not concern concerns the wrong word but there's a certain amount of thoughtfulness that comes with anything that you say because you're just you have to make sure that what you're saying is not going to be misconstrued and that's why honestly like it worked out perfectly that you're on tonight Yuli because I really liked the way you that you parsed what you had to say about Captain Marvel you were at the at the very beginning of the review which by the way you guys can check it out it's on um it's on our, it's right here on GGR. It's on GreekGeekRefuge.com. You just click on the podcast. It's right there under Fantastic Forum, or you can find it on iTunes or Google or wherever you get podcasts. But the review for Captain Marvel that you did, the first thing you said out of the gate was, listen, there was some stupid crap that was said about this movie before it even came out. And a lot of people said some really, really ugly, nasty things about it. And that's ridiculously unfair. And it's completely unnecessary and uncalled for. Like, let the movie stand on its own. That being said, this movie was, eh, it was a two out of four. Like, I I really, I, like, you really made a good point of saying that, like, look, this, it, it, like you had said earlier, you know, if you had just waited, this would have, you, you could have just said that you didn't like it. But that's that's the same, same thing, too, is, like, it's what you have to say. It's just like, it's like with any conversation, right? Like, let, let's say, for instance, you're um, in a class, you're in high school, right? And I'll give you a perfect example because this actually happened to me word for word, right? You're sitting next to somebody that you've never met before because, you know, it's the first couple of weeks of school, right? And somebody's doing something, right? And they make a joke to you. They're like, oh, can you believe this guy? He's so boring, right? And you're like, yeah, I know. What's his deal? And you're going back and forth and you're making a couple of jokes. And then all of a sudden the guy goes, yeah, he must be a Jew or something. And the air gets let out of the room. And you look at him and you're like, what's wrong with Jews? And he goes, oh, oh, you know what I mean. You know, you know, like a Jew. And I was like, no, no, I don't know what you mean. Please explain, elaborate what you mean. That's the kind of thing that happens with a lot of these. You know, if, when somebody has, you know, hey, I didn't really like the pacing of the movie. I felt like they were trying too hard. I felt like a lot of these characters, there's not enough depth to them. Oh, and why do all of the characters in Star Wars Last Jedi, why do they have to be black? Or why do they have to be female? Or why do they have to be this? And it's just like, wait, what? You were fine for like the first five minutes. And then you went off in a really, really ugly place. And I think that that's the problem is like people think that like if you agree with them in not liking something that that gives them license to just spew all of their shit and that and that's what we have to try to find the balance act of is we have to find a way to explain to people look it's okay to not like something okay plenty of us don't like movies plenty of us don't like certain things about movies but when you don't like something because of somebody's race or gender or their sexual orientation that's not right and there's a huge problem with that and like that's that's what I'm seeing with our our 
world that we live in. And that's what hurts me so much is that, and Yuli, you, you nailed it on the head earlier when you said, you know, so many of us for so long were, were ostracized and the outsiders and, and, and beaten up and bullied. And now that we're been, we've been given the seat of power, so to speak, we're treating people like that too. And that's scary. And yeah. it's, it's like we learned nothing from the growth. Like, I, I I was lucky growing up that I played sports and I was nerdy. So, like, mm. I kind of got to exist in both worlds. And it was fine. I didn't really ever get teased for my nerdy stuff. But, like, I saw plenty of it. And then, like, as I, as I grew up and I was in high school, I, I kind of shifted from sports into, like, drama and television production and things like that. And I got to see a little bit more of that. That, that there were people who got chastised for the things that they liked and the things that they loved. And that was one thing I promised myself. I was like, I never, w- no, never, ever, 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 ever will. I, I, rem- I remember vividly being a kid. I was like, I want to say like in fourth grade. And there was this kid that we made fun of all the time. He had these ridiculously thick glasses and he was just a total dork. And we made fun of him all the time. And at one point he wasn't in class that uh, one day. And somebody said something, like made a, a, a off-color joke about it, and the teacher was like, listen, I'm going to tell all of you right now, he's having surgery on his eyes because those thick glasses, the guy's like legally blind. He'll probably never drive. And like, yes, I know he's awkward. I know he's weird. I know, you know, this and that. But like, you guys are just vicious to him. And I see it, and it hurts me. And like, I remember crying. Like, I, I, I because I felt like such an asshole for like teasing this kid and not even giving him a chance. And mm. like that, that sticks with me to this day. That it's been twenty plus years, and that still vividly sticks in my mind. And like, yeah, it just it, it's it, it's one of those things that, that that's the you know we we've made this reference before. You know they talk about like you know is that the hill you're gonna die on? That's like a new thing that mm. people say on. Yeah, this is this is a hill I'm willing to die on. Like. <laughs> If Captain Marvel was good. No. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Instead of going to see Captain Marvel in the theater, I took my kid to go see the Lego movie, too. Um, because I would rather... I, instead of going to see a movie that I want to see, I would rather share the love of going to the movie theaters with my kid because he's starting mm-hmm. to develop that, too. And I want that to be something that we can share together as we get older. Like... We went to the Le- we went to go see Lego Movie Two. It was like twelve thirty on a Thursday. There was nobody in the theater, and it was awesome. Uh, like we got we got one of those big <laughs> giant one of those big giant ices, and like it lasted us the entire movie. It was that big, and like that's what I want, man. We we both had just a blast. We were we were talking in the movie, which you really shouldn't do, but still, like it was it was fun, and like I want him to be able to just love movies to love movies, and not to have to worry about the subtext of you know well is this movie really just you know a social justice warriors you know anthem in disguise and and all are are all of the reviews going to be people championing it because they want it to succeed even if it's not good or is it the other way around where they're gonna shoot it down just because they want it to fail because of the message that that the fans who like like that's just so ridiculous like it just sucks that we have to think of things in terms like that now when it comes to film when it comes to television, when it comes to anything, like every mm-hmm. everything's got got a string attached, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, particularly though, when the producers maybe have some sort of angle. I mean, because I mean, let's face it, it, it was it was sort of like that with Black Panther, but 
in Marvel's wildest imaginations, never did they dream that Black Panther was going to be as big a movie as it was. You know? True. I mean, as in, like, like the just, biggest yeah. of all time, like, literally? Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly, because they were like, oh, well, you know, man, we'll throw it a black people, so we'll throw them a bone, you know? It's like, whatever, you know? And then, I mean, it was like, wow. So um, they were hopeful with Captain Marvel, because they were like, oh, wait a second, you know, maybe this can be to women, you know, like what Black Panther was. But the problem was that... They had too much stuff, that, I think at least, they had too much stuff that they needed for the movie to do. And it's sort of like the difference between Iron Man and Iron Man 2, because Favreau had a free, he had a free hand in Iron Man, and that was basically an indie picture, you know? But then by the time Iron Man 2 rolled around, they had decided to world build, and they were like, well, no, you can't exactly do Demon in the Bottle, and we need for Black Widow to be in it, and we need, you know, the film needed to accomplish certain things. And so Favreau wasn't free to exactly do what he wanted. And I, I, I understand that's why he didn't come back for the third one. It was like, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks, fellas. You know, it's like you, you, you take your baton and run with it now, you know? But, um, you know, still, and, and I totally lost objectivity with Iron Man 2. I left the theater and I was talking about, it's the greatest comic book movie of all time. But really all it did was it got me hyped. There were a couple of scenes in particular. I was, I was screaming in the movie theater. I was just so hyped. And, you know, when I had a chance to really think about it and, and look at the two films, in Iron Man 2, it was an exciting movie, but it was nowhere close to as good as that first Iron Man movie was. But, you know, my, the, the point that I was making is that if you, and, and I, I don't know much about Ryan Fleck, Anna Bowden has mostly a background doing TV. She's done some movies. I mean, she seems perfectly competent, but, you know, when you have, uh, you, you don't let your filmmakers actually make a movie. You know, you're, you're telling them what we're trying to do is we want, we want to inspire women and young girls. And hey, look, let me tell you something. I am a hundred percent for people being able to see heroes that resemble themselves, whatever they look like. You know, I think that's important. But I also think you need to you need to have what whatever you do be genuine. What what bothered me most about uh, Captain Marvel was the most genuine thing was this little girl who was in it. Uh, the actress's name is Akira Akbar. And apparently she's in This Is Us. I've never watched This Is Us. But she's in that. And she was genuine. Now, you had a freaking all-star cast. When you got Annette Bening and Jude Law and Ben Mendelsohn. Well, Ben Mendelsohn had a little bit to do. But Ben Mendelsohn. And, you know, I mean, these, you know, it was like, you should, you, you, sh this, this, it shouldn't be a stretch in terms of, what you're presenting to the audience and yet it was a lot of it was superficial and you know and it, it's funny because not my words Shireen Shireen was saying you know because they need for her to be this deus ex machina and so she was ridiculously powerful you know as the thing got on and it just you you can't I, I, I think the movie broke under its own weight is basically what I think. That, you know, that's and, interesting because I mean that sounds like what in my brain I call the prequel problem, where the ending is already decided for you, and now it's just how do we get from A to B, and it yeah. doesn't become like a genuine like 
you know, we're going to write the script with, with you know, the, the normal story arc. We have the bits in between and we have to force a climax in between the two of them. And then but this one sounds like, like you said, like it wasn't uh, the prequel problem in the sense that like, OK, well, we, how do we get him in the Darth Vader suit? It's more the problem was, well, we need her to end up in Endgame and we have the this certain like character that we want her to be. So we know that she's not that and the end she needs to be that now make a climax in the middle Ooh. it's the same problem just from a different angle i guess i want to um i want to read a mm. quote real quick and this this is going to introduce the uh the fourth member of our uh, of our <laughs> podcast team tonight um because I, with what i mean i haven't seen the movie yet so i don't know for sure exactly how i feel but um i can say that the ggr review that was written by mc brooks because he got to go see it on tuesday um i mean he liked it he liked it a lot but I think the most important thing that, that it said was this movies with female leads shouldn't feel obligated to be anything more than just great movies. And, and I think that that's, that that's it in a nutshell. Like it, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to worry about people trolling because it's a female lead and because the, 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 the lead said at one point about a completely different movie. Like, I don't really care what, you know, some rando dude thinks about this movie. Like it, it's not for him. Like, that shouldn't matter. Like we should just we should just say, okay, hey, you know what? It was it was all right. It was better than Thor: Dark World because that sucked, but it was all right. Like it's a low bar to hit. Yeah, exactly. Like so, it, with that, I would like to introduce the fourth member of tonight's episode, and that's Mr. MC Brooks. <laughs> Going on, fellas. Welcome to the show. <laughs> um, we have been rambling for about about twenty minutes now. Yeah, we've been talking about yeah. Captain Marvel, as you could tell, uh, MC. Um, I think that that's we, we've we've shown this time and time again with what we do here at uh, GGR Pirate Radio is that we can have these conversations and never once during this conversation, even if we do disagree with each other's takes on things, do we think that the other person's intent is coming from a place of hate or ignorance or anger and that's what that that's the message I want to spread with this uh, um, and we're going to go ahead and kick the show off here uh, in just a second, officially. Um, but that, that's, that's what I want to spread, is I, is I want people to realize that if that's the kind of things that you're going to have to say about a movie when you don't like it, then there's no point in having you around. We're, we're not interested in having you as part of the discussion. Because if you can't find a good reason to dislike this movie other than well this woman said mean things about men and I'm a man and that makes me mad just shut up dude like come <laughs> on first off yeah. first off grow up you know like it, that's it's like the same aspect of if like somebody says to you they're like well I don't like your football team because I like this football team well then you're a bad person like no that <laughs> that's not how this works just let it go yeah. And, and it's like I said in the review, like, I mean, well, I kind of hinted at it, I think. Um, I I mean, if you were going to go into this movie thinking this was going to be like this large ode to feminism or something, like, this ain't that. <laughs> You're going to find yourself wildly disappointed that you kind of went in with these preconceived notions that this is going to be Black Panther for women. And it, like, I, at least for me, it didn't. I mean, I'm not a woman, obviously, but uh, my friend who I saw it with didn't feel that way either. Didn't feel like it was like this larger than life movement, like Black Panther felt. Like it just felt like, oh, uh, this is you know, 
first female Marvel movie. It did like it didn't feel like something like Black Panther felt like it was something larger than life. Like the social media buzz around it was something that um, like just me personally, I hadn't really seen as far as like the hype surrounding a movie that's about to come out. And I mean, not only was there not that for Captain Marvel, but even in watching it, like I, I, I didn't go into it and no one I know who saw it kind of went into it thinking like this is this grand ode to women that's going to just make everyone leave the theater and feel like super feminist and super empowered and whatnot and I know some people who did leave feeling that way about the film but I, I, I don't think that that was like like an over the top point that they that Marvel and the directors made sure to hammer home alongside all of the you know, obvious things they wanted to tease for Endgame coming next month. Yeah, I, I just here, here's a thought I want to leave you guys on for for Yuli and for uh, for MC. And actually, you guys can answer, and then we'll we'll jump into the the rest of the episode here. Um, take. I'll go ahead and turn my mic off. <laughs> well, you haven't seen it. Well, actually, yeah, you haven't seen it. But Steve, this is not a movie that you like. You're anti- you weren't really like super anticipating to see, anyways, were you? It's just so different, like because. Um, Black Panther was the first movie to come out after my son was born, and that was the first Marvel movie that broke the streak of me seeing every single one when it came out in the theater. Like, I waited for that one until it came out on home media and then watched that. Oh, you didn't see Black Panther? Oh, you're racist. Racist, man. man. I swear to God, I saw it. I just didn't see it in the theater because I had a five-month-old at the time. I feel like I have a legitimate excuse. If you wasn't racist, you would have taken your five-month-old baby to see that movie, man. (laughs) I mean, I didn't see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Does that count for who do I hate because I didn't see that? What do you got against Um, Paul Rudd, man? Jesus. You hate ants. I do. I'm not. Gonna, I'm. I'm. I'm an antist. I'm not going to lie about it. Um, I've actually. It's not a good story for the podcast, but I have committed ant genocide. So I'll, you know, that's a different story. Um, but committed ant genocide. <laughs> we were redoing the bathroom in my dad, dad's house. Turns out the whole wall, wall was full of carpenter ants, and we raid bombed them and just filled the bathtub with the ant carcasses. Anyway, monster. Um, and right now, no, we're legitimately debating because, like, now Jack's old enough where we can get, like, a little babysitter and everything, and he doesn't need so much attention. And we're like, is Captain Marvel, like, is that an 8 or a 9 out of 10, like, anticipation to be warranting our date night for the month? You know what I mean? Like, is this up to that level, or should we do something else this month or whatever? Um, there just isn't that hype for it, you know, the, the way there used to be, because before it was like, man, I've seen every single one in the theater. I don't want to break that streak. This would be the third one now that I haven't seen in the theater, so it's like, eh, is it worth it? Here's, I mean, here's my question I mean, though for you guys. Okay, if Captain Marvel was instead not Carol Danvers, was Carl Danvers, and it was I don't know, place any actor you want in that role, Chris Pine for crying out loud, does that make that movie better? Um. Okay, uh, two things. One. Uh, just to answer what Steve just uh, just spoke about just a second ago, um, uh, I, I, I do think the trailers did a really poor job of selling this movie because I can understand not uh, oh having yeah, any hype. I can understand not having any hype for it, and then because I wasn't really excited to see it either, I was like, okay, well, this is just oh, okay. the next well, film, and the fact I got to go see it for free okay. was you know, kind of made that. it awesome. Um, but All I right. walked away feeling more excited about the movie right. and having a like a, a, a much better opinion about the movie 
and about the character than I did kind of going into it. You know, I I, I just don't think the trailer did a good job of, of selling okay. the movie and building up hype for it. Yeah, that makes a, I, feel I think better. it's a good film, yeah. but also I, I had to keep in mind too, and I, I spoke, I said this to a friend of mine earlier that it's an origin film. So I, I think some of the people who kind of walked away underwhelmed by it uh, were doing them, did themselves a disservice by comparing it to every other phase three movie, which are not origin films. Like even Black Panther and Spider-Man are not origin films. Those characters were already introduced when they got their solo films. And I think with Captain Marvel, because it's an origin film, it's, it has a very different feel than virtually every other phase three movie because it's an origin and it's not a pre-established character who just has, you know, who just has to, you know, go ahead with the story and build up to whatever, you know, the next thing is going to be. Um, so that's just that's just on that note. Um, Mike, as for your question, um, as far as. I, yeah, I. I, I, I do think the hype for it probably would have been a, a bit better. Just be, I mean, you know, fanboys were just railing against Bree just because of the comments and because, you know, uh, you know, this woman is coming along and is like the most powerful being in the MCU to date. And so, you know, they're they're going to rail against it the same way that they railed against uh, Black Panther last year. Um, but I. I I don't know if the hype would have been any better because, again, the trailers just didn't do a good job of really selling the movie itself. But if you do put, you know, typical white guy actor and and make this his film where he's trying to, you know, basically go on this journey of of self-discovery and figure himself out. Yeah, people are going to walk. One, they're not going to force Rotten Tomatoes to dump like over half the reviews <laughs> that that went up for the movie and people are probably going to feel much better about it and you're going to see all the your usual social media fanfare of oh can't wait for avengers this movie was great marvel did it again etc yuli same, same question for you it sounded like you had a you had a phone call there um, yeah, that, that, that was my kid. I mean, if it had been anybody else but my kid, I would have been like, you know. <laughs> that is totally like, excusable. Oh, oh you I can talk that, your yeah. kid on the phone on a podcast, but I can't skip Black Panther for my kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. No, I uh, okay. Oh, you know, hey, I tell you what. If your kid was calling you, <laughs> I'd be like, take the call. It's like, let's put him on TV. Good gracious. He's how old and using a freaking phone? No. How the hell did you get this number, Jack? How did you learn how to speak already? <laughs> Are you um, from the future? Well, uh, okay. At first, Jack from the future. Uh, let me let me just say that, um, Brooks, I disagree totally with what you said in terms of the origin movie thing. And I think too much is made out of that because Iron Man was an origin film. In fact, all these movies used to be origin movies. You, you couldn't tell the story. I think Batman was the first one of these movies that wasn't really an origin movie because, you know, it was it was established uh, canon that, oh, you've got to show how this person got their powers. And it didn't matter how many times, like, you know, any remake of Spider-Man, it's like, well, you, you, it, despite the fact that it's kind of cultural now, we all know that Spider-Man, you know, was bitten by a radioactive spider. You've always got to show him being bitten by the radioactive spider anytime you reboot this franchise. 
and um, I didn't I didn't take exception to that. And the only difference is, you know, with the so-called origin film, is you can't immediately get into the action. You know, you have to kind of lay things out, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, a lot of movies, in fact, even the Marvel movies, because I again the primary one being Iron Man. That's the best movie of the 20 that they've done so far. Still, you know, the very first one, I think that's kind of regrettable. Now, the other thing I do, I absolutely think that if this was a movie about a man, it would have been received differently. Um, I mean, despite the fact, I mean, all this other stuff and, you know, Mike, you said Carl Danvers. I say, well, wait, stop. how about if it was Marvel? you know, because there that's was true. a lot of stuff yeah. about this movie that I'm just going to turn away from because of the I mean, and, and, you know, everybody hasn't seen it. So, you know, I'll simply say that uh, the producers. All right. Well, basically, I'll say what they showed on the screen bore minimal resemblance to what's in the actual comics. I mean, any which way you cut it, it bore minimal resemblance to what's in the comics. And I felt like, I mean, me being the purest that I am, I, I'm like, no, you should try. If there is a roadmap that they have given you, you should try to adhere to that. But, you know, if it had been, you know, say Jude Law as Captain Marvel, it would have been, it would have been completely different uh, in terms of, the way the the anticipation behind it and the way the movie was received and i can't i can't throw that off on being an origin film i mean you know it's just you know and even though compared to the other phase three marvel movies you know but see marvel this is the other problem i have marvel has gotten to the point where they feel any anything they give us and regrettably they're going to be some because i've been watching the the reaction on social media and there are all these people who, oh, loved it. All right, fine. You loved it. That's, I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't that good a movie is the problem. And yet there are these people now who are like, oh, oh you know. I mean, hell, I was – bottom line is, though, because it's Marvel, people will give the thing a pass. And honestly, I felt like they were pandering to me from – the, from the Marvel fanfare. I mean, it just so happens that whole Marvel Studios thing in this movie, when you get around to see, and Brooks knows what I'm talking about, when you get, it's all Stan Lee. You know, they, they're not yeah. showing all the very, it's all Stan Lee. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, really, y'all? Really? I mean, I understand he's dead and you want to ride his dead body as far as you can and make as much money off of you. Hell, the type of huckster Stan Lee was, he'd probably be like, yeah, exploit my death. Make as much money off it as you can. <laughs> it's probably in his Excelsior. will, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, but I, I took exception to that. And in fact, you know, at, at the conclusion of it, there, there, it says on the screen, thank you, Stan. And I'm sitting in the theater and I'm like, I said aloud, thank you, Jack Kirby, you know, and, you know, there was a murmur. And then somebody in the row next to me was like, and Steve Ditko, you know, and it was like, wow. You know? So, um, you know, because uh, regrettably, this guy gets an inordinate amount of the credit simply by virtue of the fact that he was the last person drawing breath who was in some of these rooms and was in a position to make up any story he wanted about the way things went, you know? And, you know, somebody pointed out, I mean, because I was telling this story to somebody else and they were like, well, yeah, but Jack Kirby's been dead a long time. And I said, yes, but Steve Ditko died last year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He died last year. And, you know, to very little 
uh, I'll say fanfare, you know, I mean, in fact, as I as I understand it, he had been dead up in his apartment for a couple of days before they even found it. It's awful. Yeah, it is. Now, the the one mitigating factor with Ditko was he avoided the spotlight at all costs and never did interviews. You know, I mean, so he wasn't interested in. Uh, in in sharing that spotlight, and you know, which is convenient because Stanley wasn't interested in sharing it with him, you know, or with any of these other creators, you know, and uh, you know, to the point where I I had hoped, I have hoped beyond hope that Stanley was paying the Kirby heirs under the table for all these years or something, because you know, all of these, uh, and there's nothing illegal about it. It was work for hire. All these guys, they were doing a job for which they were compensated on a per page rate. Uh, they were never expected to get any sort of um, uh, anything beyond credit, but they certainly didn't expect to get royalties or anything like that. You created these characters for the larger corporate entity, you know, but I just think it's a shame, you know, now that this original source material is essentially being used as uh uh, well, a intellectual property for these other uh, types of media, you know, and other types of media that are grossing a bazillion dollars. I mean, at very okay, you don't have to share the money with like a Don McGregor or you know whatever, but give them credit at least to the contribution that they made to creating this character and to establishing the character as something that enables you to leverage it into this billion dollar thing that you created, you know? I mean, you know, that that's, because it's not equitable, certainly. Um, but hey, there again, like I said, nothing illegal about it. And everybody understood what they were doing, you know, when they signed those contracts. And still, to this instant, by far, the worst story of all is the story of the Superman creators, uh, Siegel and Schuster, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who signed away the rights to that character for $138. And, you know, then DC went on to make millions in the 40s when millions was the equivalent of billions. You know, I mean, the marketing machine behind Superman was crazy. So, um, and then on top of that, uh, Siegel in particular, because Schuster was the artist, he couldn't draw it but so long. But Jerry Siegel continued to write Superman stories damn near into the 60s. You know, he continued to, you know, earn his living, basically, uh, continuing to contribute to the character that he created, but was now owned by the parent company. So, um, you know, anyway, but yeah, so to answer your question, yes, if it was a man, would have been completely different. Okay. Completely and, I, different. and I think that's, that's kind of a, a fair point to... Uh, <laughs> to kind of stop this on with um, with our Captain Marvel conversation. Um, I, I just, I, I, I'm, I, I'm with Steve in the sense that, like, I, I want to go back to the days when we could just go see a movie because you want to go see a movie um, and not have all of this other subtext going on. But I also am already sick and tired of people trying to shoot things down or prop things up. For, for nonsensical reasons. Like, if you want to go see the movie, go see the movie. Like, that, that that's all that needs to be said. Um, and kind of to end on this point, and then we'll go ahead and, and jump into the rest of the episode. Um, that's what GGR is all about. 
and what have we said so many times? Don't be a juice bag. Don't be a juice bag. Exactly. <laughs> like if that's good, if that if that thought pops into your head, maybe maybe just maybe we should make business cards. That just Thank you that for on. listening so to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, GreatGeekRefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. And maybe that'll help solve the problems. But on that note, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the conversation about Captain Marvel. Stay tuned because we've got more coming for you. This is GGR Pirate Radio. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.